Shabbat Shalom, everyone. So I, uh, I want to share something just a little personal uh, before I be, begin my message proper. As you all know, we're in the middle of the month of Elul, and we've been doing joint services on Wednesday evenings with uh, our friends at Gateway Christian Fellowship. And I have to say, uh, I felt that uh, we had a real breakthrough on Wednesday night. Uh, when we began this whole thing, we, we didn't know exactly what, what God had in mind, what we were up to, other than to just pray together and think about the things and the themes that we came up with for the week, for each week of the month of Elul. But I can tell you in my own heart, there was a real breaking that occurred. And uh, I know that God is doing some, something. He's doing something in me, for sure. And uh, I just pray that uh, many of you will try and come out. One of the, we only have two more of these uh, during these next uh, two weeks. And I would uh, really want to encourage you to to be a part of it because God is, God is breaking something and he's, he's going to break it only to put it back together again in a new way and build new relationship between his people Israel and the church. And I think this is a uh, fundamental thing that must occur in order for the Messiah to return. I know that sounds like a really big thing and highfalutin and all that, but I think it's absolutely true. And it's going to happen. The only question will be whether you're involved or not. If you want to be left behind, you can be. I choose, as for me and my house, we will not be left behind. And whether it's inconvenient or scary or weird, who cares? Those things are not the things that matter. We're about as weird as it gets, so, you know. Get over it, exactly. Anyway, the theme this week, as David pointed out earlier, is about reconciliation, about repairing relationships. And this is a, an enormous thing. Not only at the macro level where, you know, all, all the great things that are happening in the heavens take place but at every one of your lives individually every single one of you wherever you are this is the greatest source of sickness in the world that we do not reconcile with one another that we hold grudges that we harbor unforgiveness that we are unwilling to humble ourselves before the Holy One of Israel that he might raise us up. Because we think we're so important that our feelings matter more than the, the way God would have us be. I hope this message is uncomfortable for all of you. Because we have to have a little discomfort if we're going to change anything. So, I know that the... That Every conflict in the world that exists today, and I'm, you know, I'm a student of history and I keep up with what's going on, 
And I can tell you that everything that's happening is because of this problem, our will unwillingness to forgive, to create, we create conflict as a result and we use other excuses as to why it's necessary, money or property or power. But if we don't somehow change it, we will burn ourselves to the ground. So, easy for me to say. You know, listen, just forgive everybody, okay? Listen, whatever the problem is, let it go. Remember that? You know, I think there was a, a Seinfeld episode about that or something. You know, let it, just let it go, man. Just let it go. And I, I'd love to be able to let everything go. Actually, I do let everything go pretty much, but that's because I don't care about you. No, that's not really. No, but I, I, I get it. It's not that easy to just let things go. No. There's more to, there's more to this than, I guess, meets the eye. So what I want to talk about today is how can we reconcile? Because there are steps in reconciliation that must occur. Of course, the first one is that we have to, we have to humble ourselves. That's why we started our prayer campaign with the theme of humility. Because unless we see others more important than we see ourselves, then we can't even take the next step. There's no point. But I want to do this uh, as an example from the life of Joseph. So we'll be looking at chapter 45 of the, of the book of Genesis. Breshit, chapter 45. And about the reconciliation between Joseph and his brothers. So what does it take for us to re reconcile? I, I submit to you that we can look at it in three steps, okay? So these three steps, if this thing will work for me, are first, empathy. I'm gonna talk about that. Secondly, forgiving, forgiveness. And third, sacrifice. These are the steps, I think, in reconciliation. So let's take a look at them from the life of Joseph, if we might. So first, in, uh, let's talk about empathy. Now it says there, now do not be grieved or angry. This is Joseph. Do you remember the situation? Now let me, let me reset the situation, you know. I, I probably should give an intro. When we first meet Joseph, he's a young man. He's only about 16 or 17 years old. He's the favorite of his father. He's got this groovy, you know, whatever, jacket, coat uh, that his father gave to him. And his father treats him better than he treats all of his other sons. And the other sons don't like Joseph very much because he's a little snit. He's a snot nose. You know, he's, he really is a little arrogant at the beginning of it all. And not only that, he's a snitch. He's always telling on his brothers, but you know, his father, you know, telling his father about his brothers, you know. So you know the rest of the story. Joseph gets sold into slavery, and he spends 20 or 30 years in the employ of the Egyptians. And now he's a great man. 
his brothers are now coming to him, not knowing it's him because they're starving to death down there in uh, Canaan, and they need some help from the Egyptians. But Joseph and Joseph recognizes them, but they don't recognize him because he's you know he's just like an Egyptian. He doesn't even speak the language anymore. He's no beard, you know, the whole thing. So he doesn't look like them anymore. He doesn't talk like them anymore. Frankly, he doesn't need them anymore, really. And yet, that's not what's in his heart. And so he puts them through a whole series of tests and all of that sort of thing, you know, giving them a hard time, busting their chops a little bit. I, I have three brothers I know about busting your brother's chops, you know what I mean? It's fun, actually. <laughs> but he does that in a very serious way. But the moment has come for the past to be, for them to be reconciled. For the past to be undone. Maybe not undone, but forgiven, because you can never undo the past. It doesn't work that way with any kind of sin. Sin leaves a scar, sin leaves a mark, but they do not have to define us. The problems, the, 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 the troubles that we face, the abuses that we suffer, those don't have to be the things that define us. We are overcomers in Messiah Yeshua. But there's something that has to happen between us if it's going to make a, if we're going to get there. And I can tell you that this is, this is what's been happening to me, I think, during this month in this process and preparing for these Wednesday nights, you know, for those of you who know what's going on there, I, I'm actually playing with their musicians, you know, and I, I don't know the, any of the music. I know none of it. it. It's always, on Wednesday nights, the first time I've ever seen any of this stuff, you know. But, you know, I'm decent enough that I can you know, pick it up, and their songs are simple enough <laughs> that I can uh, kind of pick it up. But it's, there's an intimacy in that, that's, that's ha making something happen to me. I, 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 I wish I could describe it a little bit more other than to say that something, it's, God is doing a process in me. And I think that first step in that process is precisely what's going on here, this whole notion of empathy. The word empathy, it means basically to feel what others feel. It's to be able to feel what that, uh, those other people are feeling. So, they, so Joseph says to his brothers, he says, Now do not, uh, do not be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. And what did God do to him? He created in him empathy and sympathy for his brothers by breaking him down. That's what he did to him. He tore down this arrogant little guy, threw him in jail, made him a prisoner, even though the, he had remarkable skills. He had remarkable skills. He was a pretty sharp individual. Good looking, I heard, too. Had a lot going for him. But he needed to be broken down. 
And so God broke him down. And he could empathize with his brothers who didn't get what he got, didn't have a coat of many colors, didn't have the favor of their father. And all the goodies that might have gone with that. He allowed them to feel. He allowed Joseph to feel what he felt. And that's our first step, is to feel the way our brothers and sisters feel. So often, all we see is the reaction that they give to us, and then, and, but we don't, subscribe, you know, we don't prescribe to it any notion, anything that's going on in their heart. Oh, oh, you, you insulted me. Oh, the heck with you. Why did they do that? Maybe there was a reason. Maybe I'm not so cool. Maybe there's something wrong. Maybe I did something. Can I say that? Do I have the humility to say, you know what? Maybe I contributed to this problem. So often we can't or won't. All we know is the hurt that we feel and not what's going on in the heart of another. You know, we all need to take a little bit more responsibility for whatever happens in our lives and whatever happens in the lives of those around us. Joseph needed to understand that, to be able to identify with that so that his empathy might become sympathy, the idea of feeling for the other, it's one thing to feel what they feel, and it's another thing to identify with it and feel for them. You have to humanize the other and recognize their humanity before we can move on. And God did that for him by humbling him, training him in wisdom, and training him to rely upon God for his reward. See, so often when we, you know, somebody insults us or hurts us, somehow that becomes the defining thing. When that's not it, my provision is from the Lord. My identity is from him. My hope is in him. What can man do to me? You see? So relying on God, humbling ourselves, having empathy for people, sympathy. So that's the first step in reconciliation. Messiah Yeshua said, well, I'm sorry, um, Paul, the apostle, told us this, for the love of Messiah controls us. Having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. We die to these things. You see, if the love of Messiah Yeshua controls us, then we can have empathy for others. We can have sympathy for them. This is essential. And you know, that's the, that, I think that's what God is doing as I'm playing this music, even though it's not my music. I'm beginning to see how they feel, how they think. You know what? Uh, let me, it, 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 this is true. You see this book there, the Bible, this Bible here? This does not tell me what I believe. You know what tells me what tells you what I believe? 
the songs we sing, the prayers that we pray. If you want to know what we, all this tells us is what happened. This, the book tells us what happened. How I react to what happened, you can find in the way my heart sings to God, in the way I open my mouth to pray. And it's the same thing with my brothers and sisters over there. You know, I'm listening to the music. I'm having a focus on it. And all of a sudden, I, I can see how they think. And even if I disagree with some of what they think, I be, I'm beginning to understand. It's helping me to make a connection with them that I might not have made otherwise. You see? It's why we as Messianic Jews must pray from our prayer book. Otherwise, how will we know who we are? And how you, who, those of you who are not regulars here, can understand who we are and have empathy and hopefully sympathy for us. So the second thing, the second step, as I mentioned to you before, is forgiveness. Because once I recognize who they are, then there is that step of me saying, I love you. And it will be okay. So then Joseph says to his brothers, please come closer to me. And they came closer. See, they were afraid of him. You know, he was, uh, you know, the viceroy of Egypt. He's some Gansamacha, you know, big shot. And, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's scary. He's actually a kind of scary guy. You know, he was the one who was going to, who demanded that uh, I bring my little brother there. And, you know, I'm going to hold the other brother prisoner and stuff like that. But he said, come closer to me. I can just imagine that moment. You know, it was a very emotional moment for Joseph. You know, he breaks down and cries. He has to run away because he's so emotionally overcome. But I have to do that. I have to be able to say to you or to whoever hurt me, come near. Let's talk. And so he says, I'm your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. This is a very prophetic verse for those of us in the Messianic Jewish movement because it tells us that one day our people will recognize our Messiah and they will see that their brother Joseph is who he says he is. We long for that day, and that day will come soon. We are only the first of those who have said so. having seen things from the other person's point of view and walked in their shoes. This is what we must do. Walk in their shoes. Then we can have reconciliation. We can begin that process. Of forgiveness is only the beginning, you know? Sometimes we think it's, that's all it is. Okay, I forgive you. Yeah, leave me alone. You know? Let me sit down on my knees already. We think that forgiving, you know, just saying, Look, I, I forgive you. There are lots of ways to say, I forgive you, you know. Yeah, I forgive you, all right. You know, just get out of my face. Thank you and good night. I never want to see you again. Leave me alone. All right. 
or we can say, I forgive you, and then begin to do the things that forgiveness does. You see? Messiah Yeshua tells us, he says, listen, if you have, um, if you're going to make a sacrifice in the temple, and there you, you remember that you have something against somebody, leave your offering right where it is, and go and be reconciled to your brother. Then make your sacrifice, because guess what? Your sacrifice means absolutely nothing if you haven't done that. So, but I, I submit that just saying you're forgiven is not enough. There's a further step we must take if we're going to have reconciliation. Forgiveness is not necessarily reconciliation, you see. You know, God has forgiven me. How many of you believe that God has forgiven you your sins? You know, we talk a lot about it. You know, we want, we want, to, uh, we want to be decent folk, I think. And we are forgiven. You know, Messiah Yeshua did all of that work, for, not for nothing. But every single year around this time of the year, especially, hopefully more, more than just this time of year, but especially this time of year, we review our lives. We think about what we've done. We talk about this together. We pray about it. And hopefully we take it seriously enough that we go to the other, these others that we have offended or may have offended us, and we do what we need to do. Why do we need to do that since we're all forgiven anyway? Okay. <laughs> you know, I've been asked many, many times, why do, we, why do we still commemorate, you know, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur when we're already forgiven? We are forgiven. But reconciliation... That is a process that does not end until the Messiah returns. We are not perfected. Read the works of the Apostle Paul and you will understand this clearly, I hope. Of course, he's the most misunderstood man in history, so why would you understand him better than anybody else? But you get my point? I hope you do that our reconciliation is not complete until that day when we stand before the king. Then all our wood, hay, and stubble will be burned away and nothing will be left but gold and silver and precious stones. And so that's why it's important for us as we go on in this process to continue to evaluate ourselves, not with the purpose of running ourselves down, but with the purpose of aiming for the higher call. This much I do, I press on to the higher call of Messiah Yeshua, Paul tells us. So there's always that pressing on because that's where reconciliation truly lies. And so, yes, I can forgive. You know, forgiveness cannot just, though, be words. It has to have meaning. It has to have action behind it. So there's one final step in the process, right? Because he says, now all things 
are from God who reconciled us to himself through Messiah Yeshua and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation is a process. And now we have to go about the business of reconciliation. It's not, it starts with forgiveness. It starts with, I forgive you, or please forgive me. But it must move on from that to the business of reconciliation. And you know what? That's the hard part. So let's go back to Joseph, right? Joseph had everything, you know, at the start of the story, you know, when we first are introduced to him. He's the, he's the kid. He's the, you know, he's the bee's knees. As far as daddy is concerned, he has everything going for him. He's his father's favorite. He's, you know, in charge of his brothers, kind of. He's good looking. He's obviously, you know, we discover has all kinds of skills. You know, complete package. But he needed to be broken down so that that package could be used. And here he tells us this thing. He says that sacrifice is involved. He said, God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant in the earth and to keep you alive by a great deliverance. Now, therefore, it was not you who sent me here. It was not you who put me in that house of Potiphar and had me accused of rape. It was not you who had me sent to this horrible dungeon where I had to suffer for 10, 15 years, whatever it was. It wasn't you. It wasn't even you guys who threw me in the pit. It was God's destiny for me because he had something greater in mind. The reconciliation of his people, the deliverance of his people. And therefore, in this process, there is a time for us to sacrifice. Do you know what that means? That means when I say you're forgiven, I'm going to do things in, that are uh, the word I'm looking for, are consistent with my forgiveness. In other words, I'm going to love you. That person I'm, I'm, I'm having a dispute with, I have to go out of my way for them. Can you do that? You see, ah, you're forgiven, leave me alone. Or, I forgive you. Now what can I do for you? What change do I have to make? that this should never happen between you and I again. Even if you think it's not your fault. You see, that takes, that takes a lot, Jack. That takes a lot. To humble oneself before others, to say, I'm wrong. And I'm going to show you that I'm wrong. There's something, I ha I, there's something that's been missing in me. And that's what happened to me Wednesday night. 30 years of thinking I'm the smartest guy on the, in the street. And that I have all the answers to everything. There's an arrogance in that that is unthinkable. And yet so easy to do. For those of you who are there, you know what I'm talking about. We can't be that way. 
we have to do things consistent with the idea of reconciliation. And that's a hard thing to do. And that's why the third step is sacrifice. Yes, we need to have, we need to have empathy because it begins a process in us of breaking us down and helping us to see the other. And yes, we do need to go through the step of forgiveness, to actually saying, I forgive you, but then I have to be consistent with it. See, the big theme of this season is teshuva, repentance. Repentance, too, is not just a word. Oh, God, I repent of that. No. It means that we turn around. It means I've been going in this direction. I choose no longer to go in that direction. I'm going back this way. I'm going to turn around and go back to God. Repentance without the turning is nothing. And forgiveness without the deeds that correspond to it is nothing. They'll just have they just wind up in the same place all over again. And so I say to you and to me and to all of us that if we have some forgiving to do, let's do it beginning today and tomorrow and the day after and on and on until he comes for all of us. He tells us, therefore we are ambassadors for Messiah as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Messiah to be reconciled to God and to one another. Because he who, he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in him. If you have somebody to forgive, forgive them. If you need forgiveness, ask them. And then do what must be done from, day, from this day forward to make that reconciliation permanent and true. Oh, Lord, our God, we just pray that you would give us the strength to do so. It's easy to say so but much more difficult a thing to do. We are imperfect beings and so easily wounded because our egos are just so big. Break those things down for us, Lord God, and help us to see our brothers and sisters and their pain and suffering. What, what I might have done to cause their way of being and then help me to change, help us all to change for the better so that we can be ministers of reconciliation for your sake, the sake of the world, and the sake of your kingdom. This we pray in the name of our Messiah, Yeshua. Amen.